president has been teaching uh, voice lessons to Dr. Day, and uh, I think there's some chance that we may make it eventually, and so thank you very much, Dr. Day, for uh, helping us out. May I add my welcome to all of those of you who are new students, and let me officially pronounce you Southwesterners and remind you that it'd be better to be dead than to bring dishonor in any way to the kingdom of God and to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We pray that these will be the happiest, most meaningful days of your life as you prepare for the various ministries to which God has called you. I also bring a word of welcome to any of you who may be visiting with us on campus today. We have students here that are a part of our PhD program who are literally from all over the world. We welcome you all today, and uh, we're glad to have you here as well as all of our other visitors. Now there is one remaining ceremonial matter which is of great importance. It may be unknown to you, but Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is involved now with 96 seminaries worldwide in a consortium known as Global Theological Innovation. We are working with these seminaries to link churches here in America with those seminaries as champion churches to assist them in whatever way the church sees fit. We do not specify what that is. We ask the church to assume the responsibility of being a prayer partner with that school and then to listen and follow whatever God says do in relation to, to that seminary. So all kinds of things happen. Some of them build new buildings. Some of them uh, provide for additional faculty. Some of them help us with the library, although that's what we basically provide for all of these seminaries across the globe, 100,000 volumes that have been made available to us that we make available to them. And uh, that uh, does much to help their work. But I have to tell you the truth about it. The whole thing is totally selfish on our part. And it is totally selfish on our part because the blessings that we receive in return from this uh, liaison with these seminaries are absolutely incalculable. They have meant so much to us. Today, we are going to be recognizing and entering into a formal agreement with Word of Life Argentina. Now, uh, there are a number of students here from uh, Word of Life Argentina. We are grateful to have them. They've already made a huge difference on our campus, and so that's what I mean when I say it's really selfish. We, we gain a lot more than we give, but how fortunate we are to be able to give also. And so today we enter into an uh, official partnership. It's actually been going on already now for some time. In fact, uh, my wife and I just returned uh, from Argentina where we were privileged to work alongside these precious people for a number of days. And 
among other things, they, uh, uh, Brother Joe Jordan that I'll present to you in just a moment, provided a friendly spider in my bed that bit me. And so I had to get medical help from the spider bite. So when you get into a union with these people, you just don't know what's going to happen next. But nevertheless, we are grateful for the opportunity to be associated with them. I want to tell you just this word, don't have a lot of time, but listen to me when I tell you that Word of Life Argentina is one of the most amazing single subjects that I know anything about. It is a, a work of the blessing of God and of the commitment of some very godly men and women that is beyond anything I can talk about uh, successfully. When you go there to the campus uh, some hour and uh, 15 minutes south of Buenos Aires, just the minute you drive on it, you are cognizant of the fact that you have come to holy ground. The old chorus that we used to sing, you're standing on holy ground. That's, that's what you feel like when you drive on the campus there at Word of Life. And you walk around and you meet the people and the students studying there. They're from Argentina, probably 60% of them. But 40% are from all over the world. They've come there from all over the rest of the world to study at Word of Life in Argentina. It is essentially um, a college of the Bible, and uh, they have made an impact on the cause of missions. I give you just one case in point. The other day, uh, when I was there some weeks ago, some months ago, uh, we were uh, introduced to one of the Alka tribesmen who was involved in spearing to death the missionaries who landed in Ecuador. And uh, there on the beach, though this man was at that time a very young man, he participated in spearing those missionaries to death. And so I was interested in meeting him. I, checked to see if he was armed, and he was armed now with the Spirit of the living God because uh, through the witness of the relatives of the missionaries who died there, he came to know the Lord. And through word of life, he has received uh, the training that he needed to be among his people and witness to them and work to them with them. So I said to him when I met him, he's a diminutive little fellow. And I said, how old are you? And he just died laughing. He has no idea what his age is, doesn't have any idea what year he was born in or anything else. But isn't it unusual to live in a day and time when we can go to the far south of Argentina and there meet an Ecuadorian tribesman who was a part of spearing missionaries to death who now loves the Lord Jesus and is your brother in Christ. That is typically Word of Life, Argentina. Now for the participation in this signing today, I want to ask Dr. Brent Ray of our own faculty to come forward and along with him, uh, 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 Dr. Joe Jordan and uh, Dr. Dan Nuesh. Uh, both from the Argentine uh, uh, seminary there, and uh, I'm going to go over there with them. And let me just say this much of a word to you. Uh, these two men are both 
remarkable men. We are so grateful to God for the fact that we got acquainted with them. Joe Jordan has literally worked all over the world. In fact, when I call him, I never know what country he'll be in, but he answers the phone, and it's interesting, and he just has to keep moving, stay ahead of the law like that. No, that's not the case, but uh, he uh, is uh, faithful to serving the Lord along with his wife, Melba, and uh, Dan, we're so glad to have you with us today, too, and I'm going to go over there for the signing of this document. for your name, and I want you implicated in this crime just as far as we possibly can uh, get you. So if you will sign also, please, sir. I'm told that uh, Dr. Blazing just accepted an invitation to go there to Argentina and um, teach and so would you please prepare the spider for him uh, I would appreciate it uh, two spiders for him uh, okay and Joe Jordan if you'll come here for just a moment uh, if you will um, I, I don't know whether you read that fine print carefully but what you just committed yourself to was to stand good with me in whatever I do, wherever I go in the world. <laughs> and brother, are you committed now? And so would you just like to say a word to the brethren, please? First of all, I'd like to say on behalf of all of World Life Argentina and also another one of our directors, uh, Andres Fernandez Paz and his wife is right here with us this morning, Mirta, that we're delighted uh, Dr. Patterson and Mrs. Patterson, our dear friends. We count this as an honor as we seek to hold forth the word of life around the world. May God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm assuming you have your Bible with you this morning. If you don't, shame on you. Take your Bible and turn for our Bible reference today to just two verses, and very familiar verses at that. You could probably quote them. But in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, verses 1 and 2, we look at a text for a very brief message this morning. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. 
Here's what it says. Therefore, brothers, and by definition there, that includes the sisters. So, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I hold in my hand today one of the saddest letters that I ever received. I share it with you with just a minor correction or two. Dear President Paige Patterson, greetings in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and King. My name is, and I leave it blank, I graduated on July the 13th, 1984, and I have a religious education degree. Since that time, I was trying to work hard to spread the gospel as a missionary, but there was, a, there was very little fruit and no joy and peace, and I felt heavy and tight in my soul. So I went to God and knelt down before him and asked him to search my heart and soul. I prayed fervently and earnestly to find out about my fruitlessness and powerless ministry. By the grace of God, the Holy Spirit reminded me that I had sinned against God and a professor. To my shame, I must confess that I was cheating in an examination in systematic theology and in other subjects also. And I have committed adultery with several national pastors who are well known in this country. Whenever they asked me to have sex with them, I found myself not able to say no because they are honorable pastors in this country. I was stained with immorality, and I made the divine, and I made the seminary dirty and brought disgrace upon God's seminary. Would you please forgive me and accept my confession, and please retract and withdraw my name and a diploma of Southwestern Seminary in a list of graduates? I am unqualified to keep the diploma. I thank God and praise him with my whole heart for his forgiveness and freedom from the restraint of sin. Thanks a lot in his love, and it is signed, and here is the diploma return. That's a circumstance that ought never to happen. The letter is a sadness in two different ways. First of all, it's heartbreak for an individual to have to confess that and to admit that this is what has taken place in her life. And maybe even more so, it's a heartbreak that there are pastors purporting themselves to be men of God who behave in such an ungodly manner. But we know it's true for the enemy likes nothing better 
than to take the chosen ones, those that are committed most to him, and to interfere with their lives with sinful temptation in such a way that they end life like this young lady has had to face. On the other hand, the letter is a tremendous encouragement to my heart. And I wrote the young lady back and told her, this is very unusual. It happens many times, but you are rare in that you faced before God what had happened in your life. And you have done the right things. And I not only receive your letter today, but I also promise you every effort of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary to help you recover your life and your witness for Christ as well as your walk with God. Encouraging to see that happen. But now, how do you keep that from happening to you? You enter today upon an experience of seminary and hopefully here you will find the right kind of situation where you are encouraged in the way of the Lord. But how on earth do you live in such a way here and how on earth do you prepare for the uncanny temptation of Satan that awaits you out there? How can you guarantee that you don't end up writing a letter like this or needing to write a letter like this, whether you ever have the courage to or not? How do you do it? Here's what he says. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you, present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. To serve the Lord, make no mistake about it, is sacrificial. To serve the Lord means that you're going to give yourself. You are not going to be pursuing income. That's going to become relatively unimportant to you. You're not going to be pursuing a degree. I hope you get one. If you start to drop out and I hear about it, watch out. I'll be looking for you. And so I hope you get a degree, but it's really not about that, is it? It's not about a career. You don't have a career. If you've chosen to come here, you've given up on a career, and instead you have a ministry. You become a slave unto God to serve him and him alone in a very special and unique way. And so it's a sacrifice, but, but there's a problem about living sacrifices. The problem is that living sacrifices have such a tendency to want to crawl off the altar. And that is a serious problem. You'll be faced with it again and again and again. I just can't do this. Too much is being demanded. God is asking more of me than I can give. Not a decision that you have to make. If you've decided to follow the Lord, it's a decision to serve him whatever and wherever he takes you. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Now, there are two specific commands that have to do with this. One is, do not be conformed to this age, and the second one is, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Now, there are two big Greek words that are involved in that. The first one, uh, do not uh, be conformed to this world, is the word suskematizo. Suskematizo, big word, isn't it? But it has a little word right in the middle of it that you probably know. At least if you don't, that's part of the reason you're here, to learn this word. The word is scheme. Suskematizo. Hear it there? Scheme. Don't be placed in the scheme of this age. Oh, there is a definite program for this age. It is full of selfishness. It is full of self-worth. It is full of focus on yourself and your life. And if you do that, you are put together in the scheme of this world. And then on the other hand, there's this word be transformed, metamorpho, in the Greek New Testament. It comes from the word morphe, which is form, and meta, which means after. That is, be made into a different form. A metamorphic rock is a rock in geology that has been subject to intense heat and has therefore been changed in its basic complexion. And so the Lord says, don't be schematized according to the spirit of this age, but instead be transformed, be metamorphosed by the Spirit of God. Now, here is the point of all of this today. You will make a choice while you're here at seminary. You cannot be half of one and half of the other. It will not happen that you will experience metaschematizo. Ah. You are either going to be schematized according to the spirit of this age, or else you're going to be metamorphosed by the spirit of God. There is no halfway. Somebody said to a woman, are you pregnant? And she said, partially. You know better. You either are or you aren't. Uh, you either are a Texas Ranger baseball player or you aren't. You either are a Dallas Cowboy football player or you aren't. There's no halfway in between. And I want you on this first day in chapel to get it in your mind and heart that you cannot be part of both. You will not be part of both. You may deceive a number of people into thinking you're one when you're actually the other, but be sure your sins will find you out. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so you must be one or the other. Now, there's a lot of talk about culture today. Uh, you know, uh, we're part of a culture. Let me tell you what, everything that man has anything to do with is sinful. Because we're sinful. And culture is man-made. Now, that doesn't mean that all of it is sinful. Here we give... Uh, black cowboy hat to the faculty. There's nothing innately sinful about that. 
Matter of fact, they look pretty good in them, don't they? It's part of our West Texas culture. And so the wearing of a black cowboy hat just says something about the culture, and it's not bad, it's not evil, it's not wicked. There are many things in our culture that are that way. But look, when you are schematized according to that culture, then you are useless to the kingdom of God. And like this young lady who wrote the sorrowful letter, you will eventually be exposed, if only by the Holy Spirit, and it will become apparent what you are. You have a decision to make. I hope you will make it while you are here. Hopefully, very early in your sojourn here, you will make the decision, I will not be according to the scheme of the age. I will be according to the reformation of God in Jesus Christ. Now, one more thing, and we conclude. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, anakonosios, to make new again your mind so that you may be able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, in theory, all of us here agree that happiness, joy, all of these fruits of the Spirit that God gives are given to the man and to the woman who seeks the heart of God and who walks in his way. Yeah, we agree to that in essence. But do we understand that you cannot just will that to be? Well, I'm going to will to be very kind to Dr. Blazing this year. He says, amen. Somebody did. I, uh, I can't will that. He irritates me. <laughs> Not often, but occasionally. I get irritated with my whole cabinet. What on earth do you people think you're doing? Yeah? They're irritating. I get irritated with members of the faculty. And, and frankly... I'm not going to succeed in any of this unless my mind is renewed by the Holy Spirit. Unless there is a moment when God changes how I think. And I am led to stop thinking selfishly and to start thinking godly. So, be transformed by the renewing of your mind... If you want to find the good will of God, if you want to find the pleasing will of God, if you want to find the perfect will of God, what you have to do is have your mind renewed. Newspaper the other day, Dateline, Nairobi, Kenya, the story of a fabulous movie that if you haven't seen, you ought to see it. Frankly, I believe that every United States congressman and every United States senator, and especially every president and secretary of state of the United States, ought to be required to see this movie 
before they are ushered into office. It's called Raid on Antebi. In 1976, a Air France airliner was hijacked coming out of France and flown to Entebbe in Africa. The hijackers on that airplane knew that the plane was altogether occupied by Jews who were heading home to Israel. And so when they landed in Entebbe, they had more than a hundred Jewish hostages. They had every intention to kill most, if not all of them, in time. And of course, the government of Israel understood exactly what that purpose was. At the very least, they would hold them hostage and they would demand a ransom for them and the Israeli government would if they wanted those people to live, have to come up with an enormous amount of money to give to the Palestinian group that had taken them captive. And so the government of Israel was very quiet and said nothing. And then on July the 4th, 17, 1976, Several airplanes flew out of Israel with armed troops aboard, the best troops that Israel had, led by a friend of mine by the name of Yanni Netanyahu. He was the younger brother of Benjamin Netanyahu, who now serves as the prime minister of Israel. At that time, I did not know Benjamin, but I knew Yanni. He was one fine, unbelievable soldier. Not only was he highly intelligent and spectacularly handsome, but he was a man who understood the necessity for peace, and that alone was the reason he was in the military, to try to maintain peace. They flew in and landed unexpectedly at Entebbe, when they got there, they vacated the airplane very quickly. They ran into the airport where the hostages were being held, they knew, shouting in Hebrew, get down, get down, get down. Those who understood Hebrew got down. And that left only the hostage takers who didn't understand Hebrew standing. They were taken out very quickly. And everybody was told, quickly to the airplane. All but three people who were hostages who lost their lives in those ensuing moments were placed into the airplanes and flown safely out to freedom in Israel. Only one soldier died as the last of the passengers was being placed on board and the engines were revving up to take off for Israel, Yanni Netanyahu was standing out directing traffic. A wounded man high up in the control tower managed to get his rifle up, took careful aim, made one shot which pierced the heart 
of Yanni Netanyahu. And he died on the tarmac in Entebbe. It was a sad ride home. They did all that they could to save him, but it was hopeless. He was already dead. And so this year, this newspaper article records that Sarah Guter Davidson, 81-year-old Israeli who had been a hostage in Entebbe, was found going to the cemetery to place flowers on the tomb of Yanni Netanyahu. A reporter approached her there, and she asked her, she said, every year you come here and place flowers, but it's now been years and years and years since Yanni died. Why do you come here? And that 81-year-old lady replied, Many soldiers have died in Israel, but it is a different feeling with Yanni, she told me. She paused and added, you see, he died in my place. Have you ever reckoned with the fact that there was a death of a man more than 2,000 years ago on Calvary whose death was not just for this woman's substitute but for every single one of us. He died in our place. He died to renew our minds. He died to transform us, to make us something that we can never be on our own. He died in our place. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, please. In just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing an invitation hymn. Leo Day has chosen... I know that every time we assemble here, there are inevitably people who have never trusted Christ as Savior. Or, or I know you're a student in seminary, and I understand what you're thinking. It would be horribly embarrassing to admit that publicly. But look, there's no way you can ever find the holy and acceptable will of God without having your mind transformed. And even though you think it would be embarrassing, it's going to be a lot more embarrassing to stand someday before the God who bought you with his death on the cross and tell him that you bypassed the day when God spoke to your heart right here and you needed to come to Christ. I'm going to ask you today, if you're not 100% sure that you've been saved, that God has forgiven you, that Christ lives in your heart, that you've been transformed. I'm going to ask you in a minute when we stand to sing to simply make your way here to the front. Several of the members of our faculty are coming even now, and as they are taking their places at the front of each aisle, you just come to one of these and tell him 
today, I want to make sure, I want to be absolutely certain that Jesus lives in my heart. Would you do that? It'll be the greatest day of your life. I pray that he'll give you the courage to come. There's some of you who've arrived, and even though you've come to seminary, you know you're saved, but you're out of fellowship with God. You know you are, and you just need to come and kneel for a moment with the professor and ask God at the very outset to begin to direct your paths while you're here so that you can determine what is that good and holy and acceptable will of God. And there are others of you that God is calling as a result of maybe a summer mission engagement to give your life on the mission field, to go and, and, and give your whole life there upon graduation. You'd come make that commitment today. Uh, what, I, what I'm saying to you is whatever God's speaking to you to do today, do it right now. Would you do that? We're going to pray and then we'll sing together. Would you stand with me, please, all over the auditorium? And we pray together right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for this passage of Scripture. And Father, we pray that we will be conformed to the life of Christ in every way and determine what is that good and holy and acceptable will of God for each of us. Lord, there's so many here today who are not right where they ought to be with you. And even though this is the first day of class and, and it would seem odd to some to make a response dear god give courage and faith lord give the courage of this girl who wrote this letter from overseas and said hey look i own where i am and i ask god to forgive me and i ask you to forgive me lord grant that kind of courage today and that kind of faith in jesus name we pray would you come right now as we sing